0: Hello and welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show. I am your host, Darrell Rutt, rustling up news from the last week and providing independent thought on the topics. Today's topics include Amazon invasion of privacy, government using Apple to spy on foreigners, as well as us, of course, the militarizing of the Atlanta police versus protesters, and more. Just a reminder, you can help support the show at store.dakotarustler.org. From there, you can purchase sweatshirts, t-shirts, mugs, tumblers, and a host of other items. With that said, let's get right in and go for the ride. Number one. A story out of Washington from Reuters, a former employee of Amazon Ring Doorbell Camera Unit, spied for months on female customers in 2017 with cameras placed in bedrooms and bathrooms. (laughs) So my first question is this, why would you put a Ring Doorbell Camera in your bedroom or your bathroom? I guess we all know why, but really, if you're this stupid, you kind of deserve to be spied on because you're an idiot. You don't use cloud cameras in your bedroom. In another Amazon case, Amazon agreed to pay $25 million to settle allegations that violated children's privacy rights when it failed to delete Alexa recordings at the request of parents and kept them longer than necessary. The unlawfully retained voice recordings provided Amazon with a valuable database for training the Alexa algorithm to understand children benefiting its bottom line at the expense of children's privacy, according to the FTC. The FTC is also probing Amazon's $1.7 billion deal by iRobot, which was announced last year, in Amazon's latest push into smart home devices. If you didn't catch one of my previous podcasts, iRobot now has some models with cameras that Just don't look at the floor, but they can also look up. In one such case, it captured video of a woman on the toilet. You know, quit buying these things that are in the cloud and then acting surprised that your privacy has been violated because it will be. In the case of Ring, one past employee gave information about a customer's recordings to the person's ex-husband without her consent. In another instance, an employee was found to have given Ring devices to people and then watched their videos without their knowledge. As part of an FTC agreement with Ring, which expires after 20 years, Ring is required to disclose to customers just how much access to their data the company and its contractors have. Well, obviously, they don't honor their own agreements. As I state almost every week, quit trusting these online security operations. You need to assume every customer of every firm has complete access to your data. Your security isn't security if it isn't in-house. As for Alexa, quit using it. It records your voice, and if the system gets hacked, even by an employee, it could be used to make a deep fake recording of you saying something you have never said. Better yet, cancel your damn Amazon account. I don't have an Amazon account, and guess what? I don't miss it. Number two. Italy helped a retailer open chocolate and gelato stores across Asia. The United States offered a loan for a coastal hotel in Haiti. Belgium backed the film La Tierra Roja, a love story set in the argentine rainforest and japan is financing an airport expansion in egypt as well as a new coal plant in bangladesh all in the name of climate change a new coal plant a new coal plant you ask climate change yep Funding for the five projects totaled $2.6 billion, and all four countries counted their backing as grants, loans, bonds, equity investments, and other contributions meant to help developing nations reduce emissions. Developed nations have pledged to funnel a combined total of $100 billion a year towards this goal during climate talks in Paris back in 2015. Despite these goals, however, they have never ever been met by anyone. Surprisingly, though, they broke no rules. Why? Because the pledge came with no official guidelines for what activities count as climate financing. It's up to each country themselves to decide whether to impose uniform standards. Other than the U.S., developed nations have resisted doing so. Essentially. Whatever each country calls climate finance is climate finance. Companies are not required to report project details. The descriptions they disclose are often so vague or non-existent that in thousands of cases, they don't even identify the country where the money went. And receiving countries listed in the report sometimes couldn't even say how the money was spent. As I stated earlier, developed nations have pledged $100 billion in annual funding to help developing countries reduce emissions and manage the impacts of climate change. They have not yet met the goal. From 2015 to 2020, 35 governments spend a reported $182 billion in grants, loans, bonds, etc., that's a time span of six years in which the total should have been $600 billion or more than three times as much. So yes, the Paris Agreements are nothing but lip service and a feel-good agreement made to look like governments actually care about a make-believe problem. Yeah, maybe not so much make-believe, but definitely not nearly as man-made as they want us to believe. In the case of the United States, we agreed to lend $19 to developers of a Marriott Hotel in Haiti, where they basically have no government. At the time of the agreement, plans called for improving the hotel with more rooms, an infinity pool, a rooftop restaurant, and better gym facilities. The hotel overlooks the sea, but its position on a hillside means it's not threatened by sea level rise or even flooding, and it hasn't even suffered any storm damage. The U.S. State Department spokesperson, however, said the loan for the hotel counted as climate finance because the project included stormwater control and hurricane protection measures. Again, nothing ever happened to this hotel. So, apparently, in our government mind speak diverting floodwaters is the same as preventing floodwaters. Number three, Russia's Federal Security Service, FSB, formerly known as the KGB, said on Thursday it had uncovered a U.S. National Security Agency plot using previously unknown malware to access backdoor vulnerabilities in Apple phones. The FSB said that several thousand Apple phones had been infected, including those of domestic Russian subscribers. The Russian spy agency also said telephones belonging to foreign diplomats based in Russia Including those from NATO members, Israel, Syria, and China had been targeted. So, yes, we target everyone. As I've stated many times, every country spies on every other country and its citizens. This is not news, and you should never be surprised about any spy plot. This goes back to the first story quit buying services and products on the cloud that can be hacked into. Dumb phones are much safer. The FSB said the plot showed a close relationship between Apple and the NSA. Russia's foreign minister stated, quote, The U.S. intelligence services have been using IT corporations for decades in order to collect large-scale data of Internet users without their knowledge. Putin has always said he has no smartphone though the Kremlin has said the former KGB spy does use the internet time to time. Well, I would think so. So even if you hate Putin, apparently when it comes to privacy, he's a lot smarter than the average bear, or in this case, the average American. Earlier this year, the commersant newspaper reported that the Kremlin told officials involved in preparations for Russia's 2024 presidential election to stop using Apple iPhone because of concerns that the devices are vulnerable to Western intelligence agencies. With that, it's time to take a break. Don't go away when I come back. More Horse Sense. Hello, welcome back to the Dakota Rustler show. Before I proceed with the next two stories, I need to do my usual shout out to both Danheim and vinnie Camilleri who provide the music for this show. They allow me to do so free of charge in exchange for that shout out. All right, let's continue. Number 4. Dollar General Corporation cut its sales and profit forecast for the year last week as Americans, pinched by higher prices, shopped more for essentials and paid back purchases in categories including home goods and clothes, leading its shares down 14%. The discount store chain saw traffic to its stores decline during the quarter, As its low-to-mid-income customer base cut back on purchases of seasonal goods, clothing, and housewares, a challenging trend seen across many retailers. My question, though, is this. Did they quit spending, or did they just start going somewhere else? Listen up. Low-cost retailers like Dollar General face stiff competition from bigger retailers like Walmart in the grocery and food business which, by the way, has lifted its annual outlook, opposite that of Dollar General. Edward Jones analyst Brian Yarborough said shoppers were likely making trips to Walmart to refill their household staples with fewer trips to the dollar store. I may be confused, but isn't Walmart more expensive than the dollar store? Isn't dollar store like the second rung on the spending ladder with only garage sales being lower? In my opinion, shopping Walmart is a move up from the dollar store, not a sign of low-income consumers being pinched. The Tennessee-based company's gloomy outlook echoes disappointing results at its biggest rival, Dollar Tree, last week. Another bottom feeder, so yeah. People are quitting the dollar stores, apparently. Dollar General now expects fiscal 23 same-store sales to rise between 1% and 2%, compared with a previously expected 3% to 4%, and earnings per share to range from flat to decreasing, as opposed to a 4 to 6% rise. So, if you're an investor, dollar store may be one of those stores to avoid investing in. However, I'm not a legitimate financial advisor, so make your own decisions on that. And finally... Number five, on Wednesday morning, a heavily armed Atlanta Police Department SWAT team raided a house in Atlanta and arrested three of its residents. Their crime? Organizing legal support and bail funds for protesters and activists who have faced indiscriminate arrest and overreaching charges in the struggle to stop the construction of a vast police training facility dubbed cop city in atlanta in a joint operation with the georgia bureau of investigation or gbi atlanta cops charged three people all board members of the atlanta solidarity fund with money laundering and charity fraud so if you're in atlanta and you want to oppose a training facility for whatever reason You have now been targeted by the police as a possible terrorist. The Atlanta Solidarity Fund has been a crucial resource for activists facing harsh repression for their involvement in Stop Cop City. The nonprofit also predates the latest movement and has been providing bail funds, jail support, and assistance with legal representation for Atlanta activists since 2020. It has provided grants to support an array of anti-repression work in Atlanta, including groups working with unhoused trans youth and black worker-owned cooperatives. The GBI declared agents and officers executed a search warrant and found evidence linking the three suspects to the financial crimes. The warrants for all three arrested cite records and reports of certain currency transactions and fraudulent, misrepresenting, or misleading activities regarding charitable solicitations. And by the way, on all three warrants, solicitations was misspelled. <laughs> well, it is Atlanta. A more detailed arrest warrant for one of the people notes that the alleged money laundering charge relates to reimbursements made from the nonprofit to his personal PayPal account for minor expenses including gasoline, forest cleanup, totes, COVID rapid test, media, yard signs, and other miscellaneous expenses. Targeting the organizers with a militarized SWAT raid based on such minor expenditures only clarifies the desperation of law enforcement agencies in going after the movement. A total of 42 activists are currently facing state domestic terror charges on the flimsiest of police claims, while three others face hefty felony intimidation charges for distributing flyers that named a police officer connected to the brutal police killing of 26-year-old forest defender Manuel Tehran. Georgia's Republican governor, Brian Kemp, stated, These criminals facilitated and encouraged domestic terrorism, despite the fact that no one has been convicted on a single domestic terrorism case. So basically what is happening is this. The police and the government that backs them are using state resources to try and drain the morale and financial resources of a group that simply doesn't want a training center in their area of the city. In other words, spend them in the submission because they know the little guy can't keep up. One of the reasons protesters don't want the facility, you ask? The cost of building Cop City would amount to at least $51 million in public funds instead of the original $30 million that city officials promised just two years ago. In addition, there are reports the facility will be used to militarize the police force, I repeat, militarize. So, if you want to keep your tax money instead of handing it over to an overpriced, military-style police facility, you're classified as a money launderer and a terrorist. You're losing your rights, people. Wake up. You need to be appalled by things like this. Bailing out protesters exercising their constitutionally protected rights should not be a crime. Protesters who are not violent or who do not create a disturbance to everyday living should not be arrested. With that, it's time to break up the posse and call it a day. You know the mantra. Question authority and always be free.